Good. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. That's right. Like I always said, I mean, the fairs, when I came here, the fairs were, you know, they're leaders of the church. And where I'm from in Africa, if you're leaders of the church, you just rock up to their house. But you don't need permission. So I, I give you permission to rock up to my house whenever you want. You may have to ask Alicia first, though. Uh, <laughs> oh, so good to be here. As Ben said, we're continuing our, I'm continuing our series this morning on um, the weary world. Before we get into it, let me, if you want to join me in prayer. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for who you are. Father, thank you for all that you have done for us and you continue to do. Lord, I pray that this morning, may I decrease so that you may increase in this place. Lord, I pray that the words that are going to come out of my mouth will be words that will be that are from you, Lord. I pray that there'll be words that will bring encouragement, that will bring transformation, and that will bring us life this morning. Lord, we know that your word, uh, you said that your word do not return to you until it has accomplished what it needs to. And so, Father, that's our prayer this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cool. Well, let's get straight into it. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I would like you to open to Romans chapter 8. Um, your smart devices, and if you don't, then it will, be on, um, it will be on the screen, and welcome to those joining us online as well. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to 9 or 10, we'll see how we go. It's talking about life through the Spirit. Therefore, Romans chapter 8, verse, uh, chapter 8 from verse 1, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful man to be a sin offering, so that he condemned sin in a sinful man in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according, according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mindset on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. The mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile towards God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Amen. Awesome. I want you to think about a time where you had to wait for something. Think about a time where perhaps you've gone, you're going to your favorite concert, your favorite artist has, is coming and you, you're going to it. Or perhaps you've gone to your favorite theme park and you were excited to get on a ride. But you got there and the line is about 45 minute wait. 
uh, that, that's not me. I don't like rides. We, last year, we took the kids to uh, Queensland, and Alicia had to go on all the rides. That's not me. I don't, that's, I, I don't, I don't seek thrill like that. No, I've got enough excitement in my life already. <laughs> Maybe you are still in the waiting period. Maybe you're waiting for a loved one to come to know Christ as their Savior. Maybe you're waiting for a child. Maybe you're waiting to get married. Maybe you're waiting to hear from a university or from a school. Or maybe you're waiting for that contract from business. You see, waiting is difficult. But as Christians, we are called, in fact, we are commanded to live with patience, faithfulness, and endurance. That's what we're called to do. We're called to do this as we await the second coming of Jesus Christ. But how can we do this? How can we wait patiently, faithfully, and endure all the stuff in our lives? How can we do this? Waiting is difficult. In the waiting, we get impatient. Sit, imagine standing in that line for 45 minutes. Come on. I've got five kids. If I'm sitting down for two minutes, they don't like it, let alone for 45 minutes. Waiting makes us get impatient. It makes us lose hope. It makes us start questioning things. And as we have read earlier, Paul's tell, Paul tells us why. Why we get impatient, why we lose hope, why we get frustrated. You see, Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, tells us that um, it's got to do with our, flesh, our fleshly thinking, if that's a word. Well, it is now. You see, when Paul talks about flesh, he's not referring to just our skin and bones. You know, Greek philosophers have got this idea that our spirit is good. It's this flesh and bone. This, this physical form is what, is what is wrong. So that's what we need, to, we need to get rid of. But we know that in the book of Genesis, we know that God said when he created us, he said we were good. In fact, he didn't just say we are good. He said we are very good. So what is, Paul, what is Paul talking about here? You see, Paul is talking about that part of us, our being, that's that part of us that always want to rebel against God, that always defies God, ignores God. This is what Paul is talking about here. And so that part of us that always try to not live according to the Spirit. And so our minds go to things that are of this world. And so we uncertainty, frustration comes in. And is it wrong that we do? No, it's not. I mean, this is, this is it. Now we see our need for Jesus. Now we see the need for the cross. This morning, through the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage us, perhaps even challenge us on how we can live, live out Jesus' command to live, to wait patiently, and faithfully with endurance. As I asked you earlier to think about a time you had to wait. Like I said, we don't like waiting. Waiting is difficult because our flesh desires things now. Instant gratification. Instant satisfaction. The story of waiting for God 
on God. We see this throughout the Bible. We see it throughout. See, there were a group of people, the Israelites, who were asked to wait. Time and time again, they were asked to wait on God. And then later on, they were told that one day there's going to be a Messiah who is going to come, who is going to save them, who is going to restore God's kingdom. They were were told to wait. And these people had to wait for hundreds of years, hundreds. Imagine, we think that 45 minutes is long. Imagine waiting for hundreds of years. And yet when the time came, the expectation of that waiting did not match the reality. You see, sometimes what we think of, what we make up in our minds in the waiting, the expectation in the waiting do not always match the reality. A while ago, I got, I got into ordering stuff online, um, you know, buying clothes from, anyone bought anything from Wish? Wish.com, yeah? Yeah? Okay, don't. Um, <laughs> I, I, I bought these shoes. They look really nice and everything. They arrived. I'm like, this is going to be the coolest shoes ever. They said, yeah, it was your size. My expectations were like, man, I'm going to be rocking these shoes. They're going to be awesome. And then they arrived. My expectation did not meet the reality that arrived. <laughs> now my son is the one who wears that shoes. <laughs> so what do I... What do, I, what do I mean about the expectation to not always meet the reality? Let's look at how God chose to fulfill the promise of the waiting, of the waiting people through the coming of the Messiah who will bring peace in, the king, in God's kingdom. You see, this is what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 9.6. As he, he prophesied a long time ago, he says, For us, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and on earth, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Oh, sorry. Our Prince of Peace. So Jesus is our Prince of Peace. And on the night that Jesus' Jesus's birth, on the night of Jesus' birth, we saw, we know the story, the angels were proclaiming in Luke 2.14. It says that... Um, the angels were proclaiming, peace on earth, glory to God in the highest, goodwill towards men. And so there's a prince, there was a prince of peace who's going to be born. And now enter the reality to meet that expectation. Now enter Mary and Joseph in this story. They were not even expecting that this was going to be their life. They were about to embark on something that is so, that is, that is going to challenge who, that is going to challenge them. It's going to challenge them in three ways, which I will talk about. It's going to challenge them internally. It's going to challenge them um, um, interpersonally, and it's going to challenge them culturally. How are they going to deal with this? Maybe for you right now, as you're sitting here, you've got some internal conflicts in your mind. You've got some relationship conflict. Maybe the things happening in our world, all the wars, all the ups and downs is perhaps taking hold of you. You see, when we start, when this thing starts to get us down, that's where we know that we're not living according to the spirit anymore. We're letting the flesh take over. And this is what Paul was talking about in Romans 8. 
You see, for Mary, when the angel, when the angel came, he says, peace be with you. And, she, and, he del- and the angel delivered the news. Mary said, yeah. But her life was about to change. She was about to face possible rejection. This, she was about to be disowned by her family, by the culture around. All of a sudden, there's going to be this internal conflict. And here comes Joseph in there. Joseph now, all of a sudden, the woman of his dreams has been found. She's now pregnant. What is he going to do? Is he going to go by the expectation of the culture and get rid of her? But he said, no, I'm not going to do that. I will just quietly get rid of her. You see, Mary and Joseph needed peace right there. They needed peace. You need peace right now. I need peace right now. Our world needs peace. And so we fast forward. Now Jesus has been born and his ministry has started. And let's see how that expectation of the Prince of Peace is going to look in reality. Because remember, our our expectations do not always match our reality. But when we have the Holy Spirit as our Prince of Peace, that reality, when it aligns with God, should not be no surprise to us. You see, in Matthew chapter 10, I'll just... I'll just set what the context of Matthew chapter 10 is. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus was about to send how the 12 disciples, he's gathered them together. He's giving them instructions on what they're supposed to take when they go out and spread the gospel. What they're supposed to, the towns they're supposed to go to, the towns they're not supposed to go to, what they're, who, whose house they're supposed to say, and all of that. And then in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 to 36, we find Jesus seems to downplay his role as the Prince of Peace. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 to 36, Jesus says, Do not think that I've come to bring peace to the world. I do not come to bring peace. I've come to bring sword. Hold up, hold up now, Jesus. I mean, hang on, no, no, no. I think you you confuse him. I mean, Isaiah said, you're coming, you're the prince of peace. The angel said, you're going to be Emmanuel, God with us. Um, you know, angels in the sky were saying peace on earth. Jesus, what are you talking about that? You didn't come to bring peace, but you've come to bring sword. What are you talking about? What are you referring to here? All of a sudden, the expectation is not matching the reality. All of a sudden, people are going to start having this turmoil. Oh, well, Jesus, what are you talking about? Maybe for you right now. You thought that God would have come already. God would have already done this for you. You probably would have been here already. You had this expectation of God. You had this expectation that... But is that expectation and that reality match up with God's expectation and reality and desire for you? Because when our desires for ourselves do not match God's desires for us, if we can remember from our desire series... That's when these internal conflicts, interpersonal conflicts, and our flesh thinking start to become a reality. And so today I want to give us three things that I think that we need peace in our lives. The first one is internal 
we have this internal conflict where we need internal peace. So many people around the world, but especially in this part of the world that I've called home for the last 18 years, we struggle with doubts, fears, and uncertainty. We may not, we may not struggle with you know, poverty to, some, to the same degree as some part of the world. We may not struggle with you know, ha- not having clean water to drink, or that sort of stuff, but we struggle with doubt. Is, is, do they love me? enough? Am I, good en- am I good enough mother? Am I good enough husband? Am I good, good enough friend? We fear. We have fear about the future. We have fear about things that we have no control over, the uncertainties in our world. We see the need. Why we, need Je- we see why we need Jesus. The second one is our in- interpersonal conflict. We see and hear of people struggling with each other. Their family conflicts, conflict with co-workers, sometimes even conflict with total strangers. There's crime, there's racism, there's abuse, there's broken marriages. There's wars all around. Because, again, Paul says, when we are not living according to the Spirit, our flesh takes over. That part of us, that rebel against God, takes over. And then we see, the next one, we see international conflict all around the world. We see the war between Russia and Ukraine. We see what's happening in the Middle East. We see what's happening in some part of Africa. What the term peace on earth probably means to most people is world peace. The very, very um, birthplace of Christ, the Middle East, is perhaps one of, you know, the least peaceful place on earth. Where, where Christianity, where the, the church was birthed right there in the Middle East. You see, while the need for inner peace and interpersonal, interpersonal peace and international or world peace might be recognized by most, there is another kind of peace that we rarely talk about, in our, and that's the peace with God. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come so that we live a comfortable life. Jesus didn't come so that we live the good life. Jesus didn't come so that, so that, and die so that we can say, yes, we belong to him and get a free ticket to heaven. It's more than that. It's deeper than that. You see, Jesus came to restore us back to Christ. In Romans 5.10, it tells us that, it describes that while we, we, are, en- we are enemies of God, we are en- where we choose to live apart from God, where we choose to go our own way, we are enemies of God. Jesus did come to bring peace. But for now, that peace is your, my peace with God. Your peace with God. One day, we will have world peace. One day, we will. Everything will be made right. With, everything will be made right. And so this morning, where do you need peace in your life? Maybe you're struggling with so much. You know, Ephesians 4 to 6 says... Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious. It's okay to be, but it's still, do not be anxious. He knew that we were going to be anxious, so he says, do not be anxious. With everything in prayer and, um, with prayer and thanksgiving. You see, so many of us, we pray, pray. Do we ever stop and thank God for what he's already done? Do we already stop and give him thanks for what he's done? 
And then we make our request. Not that he doesn't know, he does, but he still wants to hear. He's like, when my kids come and tell me what they've done at school, yeah, awesome. God likes to hear from us. Make your prison. And then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart. When these things start to rise, we make our request with thanksgiving to God. We make our request known to God. But there are times where this peace is not always possible because when we come to know Christ, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, there's times in our lives where it's going gonna, it's gonna to grate against the interpersonal and even, uh, even within us because living according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh, is going to... It's going to bring some conflict with members. And when Jesus talked about Matthew, in Matthew 10, he says, I didn't come to bring peace but sword. Because when we hold this up, when we hold the Bible up, when we hold God's word as the standard by which we're going to live, there is bound to be conflict. And that's what Jesus was talking that. I'm, I'm going to, you know, it's going to be a conflict between mother and mother and daughter, father and son, because when we hold this as our standard for living, there's times where this conflict is, is not going to, it's not always going to look so well. So this morning, with this new season, the season that we're about to, that we're in now, this Christmas season, there's going to be family lunches, there's going to be ups and downs, there's going to be shopping crazy and all of that sort of stuff. This is not what Christmas is about. It's not what Christmas is about. Christmas is about a time, it's about time to stop and reflect that a king of kings emptied himself, stepped down into our world, live among us, experience, die on the cross for us to restore us back to God so that we can have peace. So this Christmas season, as you're about to go do your shopping and all of that, don't let the things of this world, do not let your flesh take over what this season is about, which is about bringing peace, peace with us and God. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, if you as we're going to do this song now called Hope of the Ages, I want to encourage you, if you need prayer for any part, maybe it might be internal conflict that you need peace. Maybe it's relational that you need peace with God. Maybe it might be the things happening in the world is getting to you. We have, we have people who are going to be standing around. I encourage you to come and receive prayer. Make your request as Philippians 4. Make your request known. Do not be anxious. Make your request known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart.